We're back. <laughs> it's been a while that things happened, like my family moved, so I was a good daughter and helped pack and get things started up. And then we were going to record last week, and then just so happens that I kind of got in like a rollover car accident, and so casual. Just so that happened. Fortunately, just doing all right. Just some like muscles and stuff are wicked sore and going to the doctor tomorrow. Fun stuff. But that's not what you're here for. You're here for Disney news. But just letting <laughs> you know why it's been a bit. It's been a beat. Yeah. But we're back. And so there we go. Exciting, exciting stuff. So because it's been a minute, we decided instead of really getting into a new title, oh, actually, also, welcome back, Once Upon a Stream is the podcast, I'm your host, Maddie Shook, <laughs> Megan's with me too, Hi. we're bearing the lead a little bit there, but alas, so instead of talking about a topic, since it has been a minute, there's been a lot of news, like, a lot, a surprising amount, considering that because we're still in quarantine that or like still a pandemic happening that it shouldn't seem like a lot of things are happening but a lot is so we decided a news roundup sounded like a good way to go and so I think first our biggest topic is so the Emmy nominations happened uh, yes. was that like two weeks ago or something Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. the thing about it, though, is okay. So Mandalorian was nominated for some Emmy Awards this year, and it's fifteen. And it's interest. What I think is interesting is so this was like a a tentpole for the the whole streaming service. They're like, hey, hey, come to our streaming service. We have a brand new Star Wars show. Like, you know what I mean? The show this the streaming service isn't even a year old yet. And they already have an Emmy-nominated show. 15 Emmy nominations. Like... It's mind That's blowing. huge. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that's, like, that's a crazy amount. It's Well, it's what so makes many. sense, too, is this is the first Emmys where Game of Thrones hasn't been on the air. Yeah. So a lot of those technical, like, categories and stuff that... That they tend you know, to dominate. They would sweep and just dominate. Yeah. Disney was just like, well, Star Wars show will take that slot before HBO can figure <laughs> out what they're going to do. Right. And yeah, they swept in hard. Oh, yeah. So 15 nominations just with The Mandalorian. So not to like, we'll break it down a little bit. So um, just kind of rapid fire here. Outstanding production design for a half hour narrative program. Duh. And so makes sense like <laughs> if you watch the behind the scenes series that you see the hard work that goes into it I mean, and seriously. so the episode submitted on that was just the like the first episode which really right, does kind of yeah. just set it up of like boom this is a whole new world and um, it has that very first that very first episode isn't it the one where he saves baby yoda and there's that big shootout well like or he gets the package 
Yeah, so it's like Baby Yoda is like literally the last frame of the first episode. Right, so it's there's that whole shootout before it though because, you know, before that... Before it to get into the facility and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so to be fair, I mean, that is a really good episode to submit. Yeah, and then for, for editing, reasons. they actually got nominated for two different episodes. So chapter two, um, The Child, where he faces off against like... So there's the like the little sand people and then facing off against the beast that like the first time you get to see Baby Yoda's like force powers and stuff. And then um, the other episode that was nominated, which I think I think is the go to for like winning of just that the editing on it is like spectacular is um, Sanctuary where they go to like the, you know, the Mm-hmm. green lush planet with the happy village that was like getting attacked and stuff yeah and we so, saw like the smallest smallest flashback into his life yeah so or oh wait they got nominated for three different episodes in that category so outstanding single that. camera picture uttering for a drama series so then the this is what'll probably win what has a good chance of winning is the finale mm-hmm yeah. That was, totally get that. That was beautiful editing. Yeah. And then outstanding prosthetic makeup for a um, series, limited series, movie, or special. Um, that's chapter six, which was like the prison break episode where you had like, you know, the Twilight, the ones that have like, you know, the things like, they're not like, in, they're antenna that also kind of look like hair, you know, of like mm-hmm. those, just creating those space creatures and stuff that that was kind of a go-to and then we have music composition for a series original dramatic score i mean ludwig Göransson. his score is so good for that oh, series yeah. it's amazing and so they nominated the finale to kind of best show all of the music and stuff which i think that shows like the big epic theme but then you also have like the quieter moments of like the music during the montage where like ig11 learned to like become a nurse robot instead of a assassin robot me and too. speaking of the finale you have guest actor in a drama series giancarlo esposito as moff gideon because they're in the acting categories too it's not they're just, in the acting category it's not the mandalorian it's the not Star Wars just, show. it's not just technical it's also in the it's acting not just technical because you have like because just kind of browsing over some of the other technical stuff so sound mixing like totally get special visual effects duh stunt coordination heck yes like oh yeah if it doesn't win stunt coordination like, i mean there's no sense in the world cinematography like for sure i am outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes yeah like <laughs> we don't see so pedro ch- pascal's face but, like, chapter three, The Sin, that's the one where they, like, they introduce the, like, the full Beskar steel, like, shiny Mandalorian armor. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> so. God, it's so good. Like, more of, like, editing. But then you get, in terms of, like, the acting stuff. So, Giancarlo Esposito, who's just awesome. And the Emmys do like him because of Breaking Bad. And then you get, for voiceover performance, you get Taika Waititi as IG-11. And particularly the finale is what they submitted as far as that episode. So both of those performances, like I, I, I get how those can be nominated, but let's just talk about how the Mandalorian 
just the fun Star Wars show with Baby Yoda <laughs> that we obsessed over last fall is nominated for Outstanding Drama I Series. And I don't, I don't think it's just because it's like, and not even, no, it's not even that I don't think. It's I know it's not a slow year for television, so it's slid in. That's not why. It was just that good. It was just that good. So just for perspective, here's the nominees for Outstanding Drama Series, which, to be real, like, this is the best picture equivalent, like, the Oscars, you know, to the Emmys. Like, this is the big category. People don't really care about the Outstanding Comedy one as much because comedies get overlooked a less. But we're looking at Better Call Saul, Killing Eve, Ozark, Stranger Things, Succession, The Crown, Handmaid's Tale... And the Mandalorian. Like, y'all. Oh, yeah, I, I'm still but thinking still, Succession's probably going to win. be involved. But. Like, considered. The, yeah. Oh, absolutely. For it to get nominated is huge. But honestly, like, bringing it up. I, I know I brought it up earlier, but like. So many. Game of Thrones got nominated for so many Emmys, even in its less than stellar seasons. So I don't think it's that big of a leap. Some people are freaking out over how, like, this is such a huge category for the the Disney Star Wars show to get. But, like, it's a very... And I think it has a whole lot to do with John It's a well-made show. The filmmaking, like, technical aspects of it are pristine and phenomenal it's a compelling story yeah like it's a compelling story you you do start feeling things for all of the characters and like it's it's well paced and the visuals on it are stunning especially when you consider the fact that like the volume that like most of those places aren't even like on location which is insane Seriously, watch the behind-the-scenes series. On and probably closer to the Emmys, we'll probably talk about that. It just makes you realize, like, it deserves all these nominations. But, yeah. They got the big one. No, it really is. Yeah, well, we'll like, again, get like closer I said, to when we're at that standpoint. It's but just, like, the first... It, it's not even a year old. This is a big deal. The streaming service is not even... Like, we... Because I mean, this is showing, like... the nominations, and you're like, that's a lot of Netflix. That's a lot of Netflix. But Netflix has been around. Well, I mean, you think about it. Like, I mean, House of Cards was nominated for stuff when it was running. Um, it took Netflix you know, please, a while to um, get that prestige. But, you know, there were some things you know? that got nominated, but not really. But, like, you think about it. It took Netflix this long to get, to for it to be, like, half of the stuff. Right? And then, but you have... Disney Plus, and it's not even a year old, and it's already in main categories. Not just technical categories, main categories. And one of its first series, like, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But we Disney. (laughs) Yeah. I think part of it, and we'll get into it, of, like, because we talked, 
like another thing that happened was like the quarter three earnings call and stuff for shareholders of just where Disney's at right now since the parks have been shut down for a good bit and having to adjust with that and the losses that come with that that they haven't been able to dominate the box office this year so they need they're trying to cash in on just what is working and they're like we want awards like it just shows that like we're still a big player and like we're disney and so like we still dominate this (laughs) whole thing of like we make the best entertainment and we want disney plus is our prize baby and the mandalorian in that subcategory it is the like the golden child huh the child of um of this series and just showing like because you're gone i was about to do like the riff of like dj khaled of we the best music but it's we the best entertainment but and we're back I knew Megan dropped out when I made a super lame joke and I didn't even get a pity laugh. So that's, <laughs> I was like, wait, sorry. she would have thought that was at least a little bit funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed your joke. But anywho, I, I, do you want to hear my lame joke? Yeah. <laughs> so basically I was like, you know, the statement that Disney's trying to make of, you know, how like DJ Khaled says, we the best music that basically <gasps> Disney's still like, we the best entertainment, but <laughs> that is really lame. <laughs> oh, but it was good. I liked it. Though. I saw where you went with it. I liked it. <laughs> okay. See, I knew you would at least give me a pity laugh. And so... <laughs> So there we go. But yeah, but basically a new streaming platform that the huge thing right now is just with all of these, there's just, there's so many streaming platforms. Oh my God, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm ta- I was tapped out at Netflix, Hulu, HBO, and then, you know, added Disney Plus, And now I'm like, I really can't keep going, guys. <laughs> Okay, so tangent time, but this is what this episode is all about. So here we go. I, but I think it is kind of relevant here of just that getting Emmy nominations gives you a certain level of legitimacy. Oh, absolutely. That like Quibi isn't going to have or Peacock. No, 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 no. No. Although Peacock may get it next year for at least they could get in the late night categories because the Amber Ruffin show mm-hmm. I am. That's what I was thinking for. too. I was thinking about yeah. the Amber Ruffin show. But like Peacock's not gonna get in like outstanding drama series. No. Let's be real. No. 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 But so that's something where Disney can be like, we're playing with the big boys here as far as, like, Netflix, well, Hulu is them anyway, but, you know, it's six, one way, half dozen, another, but, like, versus HBO and different stuff there, because HBO Max is a mess, so I started my free trial earlier this week, and, like, you know, so many of these like new things they're not letting you do like roku or fire 
stick or as far as like I have LG TV so it won't mm-hmm. download on LG TV for some reason. It also doesn't and then, work on the Fire Stick because we tried to um, download it on the Fire Stick the other day and you can't. And my Apple TV is old so it won't download the app on my like my Apple TV either so like literally I can't watch it on a TV. And so fortunately I was just wanting to watch an old season of The Bachelor but <laughs> that it was something like actually warranting like the quote unquote cinematic experience that they literally like are making it impossible to get it on your TV, which yeah. is kind of the inverse where as opposed to Disney, they slap their like logo and advertising on any platform you can possibly get of just like download or stuff. Cause they know of like the more things you have it on, it takes up space and just, you'll be like, Oh, I'll watch this because it's right here as opposed to why make it difficult for your customer to access your product makes no sense right literally makes no sense but so hbo max i wouldn't be surprised if it fails it won't fail as spectacularly as quibi that is its own mess that is just a turducken of problems that (laughs) it's such a like it's so fascinating as someone who's just really interested in like industry insidery stuff of just that like how it failed and did you see the profile on Jeffrey Katzenberg from that journalist that was talking about Quibi of that like he has his like assistant print out his emails and he folds them in half vertically not horizontally of just the level of out of touch to like not access your emails on a phone or computer but you print them out and then you fold them also just not the right way you fold paper because who on earth folds paper vertically yeah unless it's going in an envelope like no just you shouldn't be in charge of things at that point if you're that out of touch with like how normal people operate like yeah just no yeah i I'm going to be honest, though. I only just learned maybe like a week and a half ago that Quibi stood for Quick Bite. Yes. And I was like dumbfounded for a good five minutes. I was like, I wondered where they got that stupid, stupid name, name from. It's Quick Bite, in case you guys didn't know. There we go. <laughs> so, anywho. Yeah. So, Disney's here to play. And they're they're going for the big ones, and I respect yeah. it. That it's one of those where like nominations are the victory, you know. Oh yeah. So, well, I think they're going to sweep the technical categories, but like sure. they're not getting outstanding drama series. Like, I would be shocked no. if they did. No, I mean, it'll go to like Killing Eve or Succession. Yeah, my money's on Succession. Just because. HBO knows how to play the game of campaigning and giving money to the right people, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know Will Ferrell's an executive producer of Succession. Uh, yeah, because he's uh friends with the um, Adam McKay and yeah, he, they used to have yeah. a production company, but then it got dissolved. So yeah, they used to do. It's just like you know, it's something for Will Ferrell, so he doesn't have to act as much. 
there we go. So then Pretty he much. gets to save, he gets to pick his projects like Eurovision. That's exactly. And it's just like Reese Witherspoon. She picks everything she does through her production company. If she doesn't want to do it, Homegirl's not doing it. Yeah. So real quick, just to kind of gloss over. Um, so it's 19 nominations total that Disney Plus got. So besides The Mandalorian, um, you have a nomination for The World According to Jeff Goldblum, Outstanding Hosted Nonfiction Series or Special. Okay. Um, outstanding Short Form Animated Program for Forky Ask a Question, which those are really cute. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Then the Imagineering story did get a nomination for Outstanding Narrator for Angela Bassett, which I am here for 100%. I wish it would have gotten a different nomination, though, because it was just so perfect. It was so good. It was, like, literally the best as far as some more, like, documentary, like, nonfiction-y stuff that it deserved more nominations. I mean, if Tiger King got it. Yes. And, like... At least we're acknowledging that Angela Bassett is great in something because Angela Bassett should always get recognized for being great in everything, you know, but like it deserved more. And I was mm-hmm. going to say, we'll, we'll get into some of the snubs in a second. And then randomly outstanding contemporary hairstyling for a variety nonfiction or reality program for a celebration of the music from Coco. Okay. Yeah. They had great hair. Eva Longoria looks great. So there true. we go. True. True, true, true. True, true, true. So the one thing I will say I was surprised at. Um, so not that it's like a. F- I'm not saying it's like best comedy or something like that. But for a high school musical, the musical, the series that they didn't get an original song nomination for yeah. any of their original songs, I was genuinely surprised by. Especially when I looked at, like, what songs got nominated, and, like, none of them... I honestly think Last Week Tonight will win, but which I'm kind of okay with, but... Yeah, but, like, when you think about it, though, yes, it was one of, like, those shows that they were, like, here it is at, like, kind of, like, the off, but it kind of went under the radar... In terms of, like, when I was talking to people, like, oh, what are you watching on Disney Plus? Oh, I rewatched all of Lizzie McGuire. Oh, I watched The Mandalorian. Like, it was not in the conversation. You know what I mean? So I think it was something that just kind of, like, yeah, flew I under the radar. Yeah, I think they need to do, like, a marketing push needs... for season two to yeah, help Yeah, there definitely needs to be a bigger push. Yeah. Absolutely. Because the problem is it, it came out pretty much the same time as The Mandalorian. And Disney was smart of putting the money where, like baby yoda was taking over the world and i get it right and that's what i'm saying like i don't think there was enough of a push for it um and i think especially now in like especially in our internet bubble like glee is having a little bit of a renaissance of people like mm -hmm. rediscovering it and also just reveling in its insanity that it would do well for them to like start promoing it a bit harder again um i was they did win a glad award this week for um like kids slash family programming in representation which solid choice and respect yeah so kudos there but yeah so that's the emmys 
Yeah, I would say, honestly, the biggest snub is that there wasn't more for the Imagineering story because it really was so spectacularly well done. It was so... Oh, my God. I cried so... If you guys remember those episodes, I cried so much. But, like, the storyline of it was great and the way they, in like, found that, like, the archive footage and stuff that it was just woven perfectly and it was beautiful oh yeah everything was fantastic so there we go but so that happened yes but yeah kind of looking at the originals for disney plus like i'm not surprised that in terms of like reality tv programming like encore like is entertaining but it didn't get like break into the cultural consciousness enough to like be a thing to be Mm -hmm. nominated for like the reality categories you know yeah even though it's like it's fun and yeah i think as far as it's just they've been so light in original programming that it'll be interesting of once like the marvel series and stuff get involved in different things there but for now, it's just the Mandalorian dominating, which is really exciting to see. And seeing which categories that they win is going to be very telling of, like, how this show's taking its place in Hollywood and the general pop culture, con- like, consciousness. Oh, yeah. So, because it is something, too, as far as there is an older crowd that if they kind of see the show winning a bunch of Emmys, that they could get people besides like the genre demographic to like oh, get yeah. into the show with that, that prestige there. So it's interesting. But, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, it was just announced that there will be a Lego star Wars holiday special going from very highbrow to very lowbrow. <laughs> um, but I think it's kind of perfect. So the Lego stuff is just super tongue-in-cheek and just filled with oh, so yeah. many ridiculous puns that it's kind of perfect. And I think it's just going to be, because I feel like it's going to kind of, I feel like there will be like little nudges to the Mandalorian in there. Um, a little bit of that and a little bit of snark towards oh. the new trilogy, especially since it's just no one's happy with it. So if we just all make fun of it now, <laughs> that like... I, I may watch it because we randomly, my sister and I watched after the Frozen 2 documentary series, it was recommended of like the Lego Frozen series mm-hmm. and we watched like five minutes of it and it's so ridiculous. But like there's one moment where they're like in like a sled chase type thing and they shoot off this cliff. And so they're kind of like flying through the air and Olaf just yells, I'm defying gravity. And you're <laughs> just like, they did not, but they okay. did. So there will definitely be little jabs at it because it is, so it'll, it's coming on in November, on November 17th, which is Life Day, and it will reunite Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewie, Rose, and all your favorite droids from R2-D2 to BB-8 for a joyous feast on Life Day. 
the holiday that was first introduced in 1978's Star Wars Holiday Special. So Which I is... highly recommend of a great way to get like the highlights of what was in that special because it's so hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a now defunct web series called Drunk Disney that their episode on the holiday special is spectacular. And so Google Drunk Disney Star Wars Holiday Special and it's a lot of fun. So recommend because they even talk about like the 70s commercials that are in the vhs tapes that are circulated because it's so funny of it's so hard to find because it's so bad that like george lucas tried to just strike it from memory and like destroy all the copies so it's like contraband at this point but But i think so i think there will be like you know nods to that there will be little jabs obviously to how bad the last one was because you know it's got like i like i said Finn and Poe and Ray, you know, it's got, it's got the people you want and it's prime. Prime. However, it definitely will be sound actors because even though the Frozen one, they did actually get the people because I was like, wait, that's like actually Jonathan Groff. Right. But yeah, they're not getting the Star Wars people for this one. No. No, because they're all just like done. Because I just yeah. realized I just had this mental picture of Adam Driver like recording like Lego dialogue, <laughs> which just made me very happy. But I mean, that thrills me to my as core. many mental images of Adam Driver do. But now I'm just thinking of John Oliver's bit on him. But um, yeah. Anywho, I'm, I'm looking through. Uh... <laughs> I'm looking... Th- oh, no. No, no, no. John Boyega will be in... Okay, oh, no, he he's got... in the game. Sorry, it was the game. I was joking. Mm. Ha, 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 yeah, ha. I was like, oh, is it's he going to get one more check? Because good for him. Well, he is getting another check. He's going to be in the Lego video game. The Star Solid. Wars... Yeah, so he'll be there. Let's see about Oscar Isaac. I feel like it's a no from him. It is. It's a very much a no very much so yeah it'll be alike but yes um so i think i think that'll be fun though i think it's like i said it's november 17th so you got some time before it comes out i think it'll be just like a fun little way to like pass some time like i think it's gonna be entertain the children because you need as much content as you can right now to entertain children who are right stuck at home so right oh my god it's awful so i think i think it'll be fun and you know I just think it'll be a good little, like, you know, we're going to get another season of Mandalorian in what, October? Or is it November? Yes. So, praise Aluga that literally the shutdown happened just after they finished filming season two. So, like, it's in the can. We're good. Which. We're fine. Praise. Yes. Yeah. So, we're getting another season. So, I think that, like, like I said, the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of Star Wars content, I think is just going to be really nice. Also, crazy things, just the last little Star Wars bit. So Galaxy's Edge, which is like the Star Wars land in mm-hmm. the parks. So just the American just a few right days now. ago that there was like a literal lightning strike in Galaxy's Edge. No. <laughs> Which is that. kind of insane, where you see, like, the spacey mountains, and then seeing, like, lightning, like, literally touch down, you're just like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, right? So it's like, so then there were so many Palpatine jokes after it, of just like, the dead speak! 
<laughs> because it's funny. At the end of 2019, Disney made two things Star Wars related with Rise in the title. One was lauded as spectacular and revolutionary, and the other was not. But win for the theme parks, we'll just say that in that battle. Right. So Rise of the Resistance versus Rise of Skywalker. So basically now I just view the because the ride is so good. I view the new trilogy as a prequel to the ride. Basically if it gave us the ride, then it's earned its place. Like, <laughs> Right. That's how I feel, too. It's like, if it gave us something really, really cool, and if you haven't, like I said, if you haven't watched the Imagineering story, you need to get through all the first episodes to get to the last one, because the they end on creating Galaxy's Edge um, and Rise of the Resistance. So, like, you kind of gotta, you gotta see how cool it is. It's awesome, y'all. But... Anywho, so as we talked about, so the main show, the big show for Disney Plus, that did finish filming in time. Unfortunately, big news of what hasn't <laughs> finished in time. This is the most painful thing that we're going to talk about because it Falcon is. Falcon and Winter Soldier. We were supposed to be watching this like right now. Right now. Like literally it was supposed to come out like what, August 4th La- or something? It was last week of July was when it was going to come out. Oh, I thought it was, I read August. So um, I remember in June, Anthony Mackie was on Jimmy Fallon or Seth Meyers. It was Seth Meyers. I don't late know. Night. You know what? It was late night and they're on run after the other. And I usually watch a bunch of episodes at once. So I'm going to go with. Was I talking think was with Seth a white Meyer. man late at night. <laughs> yes. Um, so they, um, the he was talking and. Um, I'm going to say Seth Meyers just because I like him more. So I, he was on and he's like, here's the thing. Unfortunately, we had two episodes left to film and we will not be making our summer premiere date. We only had, again, two episodes. Episodes. (laughs) Two episodes left to film. And it makes me so sad because that's like when we... When we had discussed, like, the Marvel um, calendar, I was like, oh, my God. And I don't know. The calendar uh, if, was perfect. Right. It and was. if you listen to our Captain America episode, you know that my number one is Captain America. I love Captain America. I talked about how much I love Falcon and how much I love Anthony Mackie as Falcon. And um, so it's really frustrating for me because I was so excited. <laughs> I was. I was so excited. Because it was supposed to be happening right now. We were supposed to have it. So I'm hoping that... See, I wish they would, like... They just need to, like, just drop the pilot for us. Like... Yeah. And and we can wait for the rest of the season. But I think that would be a great way to create buzz. I'm wondering if they're getting back into production. Because I don't know if you... It was um, Czech Republic so, was where they were filming. It's hard, though, because Americans aren't allowed to. But Chris Evans was in England. So, you know what? I don't know. So it depends on the country. Like if they need to do like a two week quarantine or something. Right. So my I thought was is reading... if the Bachelorette can be filming, why can't Falcon <laughs> and Winter Soldier? And like 
I like I just read, I want to say on Monday or something, there was an article about Aquafina being in Australia to film her Marvel movie and she had to stay in quarantine for two weeks before they started filming. And I'm like, come on, come on. <laughs> if Marvel production is starting back up at in some capacity, please just give us Winter Soldier. Please, please. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. The, the virus is still really real. The virus is still horrible. In North America, wear your masks, people. Don't touch people. Don't go places unless you have to. Oh, my God, this isn't rocket science. So I understand it is still a serious thing in America. In North uh, Yeah, I'm just going to go with America. I understand. I get it. But, like, go to Canada. <laughs> go to Canada and keep filming, please. <laughs> well, th- what they'll probably have to do is for future reference, like I think the Marvel shows would greatly benefit from the technology they used on the Mandalorian as far as creating that, like the volume space. I don't know if you watch the behind the scenes on that yet, but having those gigantic screens that give you the, like the lighting for the location and stuff to be Mm -hmm. able to like create those environments but have the lighting and stuff still be accurate so it still feels real would really do well for marvel but we'll see how things go so obviously if falcon and winter soldier is delayed that also means that wandavision is going to be delayed loki's going to be delayed i I don't know filmed a portion of loki I don't I know, know if, yeah, but they they aren't done by any means. Oh and... no, but I know they filmed. I don't know. Like, see, with like I said, with Winter Soldier, I know that they had still had two episodes left because Anthony Mackie said so. I don't know how many episodes they filmed of Loki before they got closed down. So I know some of it did get filmed, but I am not. We don't have like the same information that we do on like Winter Soldier. Yeah. So we'll get more information as things come along. I. Th- think the animated show is still a go as far as what if mm-hmm. because I think animators were still able to work on stuff because they right. can do it from home depending on like big releases I don't think are because of like worried about like security and piracy and stuff yeah. but I think well, the like TV stuff is good the Marvel um like I said um Aquafina is back in Australia and they are filming I do not want to get this title wrong um hold on it is is, it, is she in Shang-Chi yes she is she's in Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings so that has picked up that has resumed filming in Australia okay yes that has that, makes that sense. has picked up yes um and they only just started because like I said all of them had to stay in two-week quarantine before they could start filming again so yeah. everyone's there though. Um, Michelle Yo, Aquafina. Uh, who else did they say was there? Um, everyone... so obviously the lead Sumu. That yeah, all of the leads in the cast are there. So yeah, so they're starting to film or they're resuming filming on that Marvel film. Um, and then I know Tom Holland is currently filming something else that he was supposed to be filming prior to um spider spider-man and then so once he's done filming that they will resume spider-man and so there we go so that's kind of where we at 
in terms of Marvel stuff. <laughs> it's so sad. I just tragic. Um, okay, so another thing, let's just talk about like uh, announcements first. So here's one I am um, slightly skeptical about, though I love him. Skeptical. Um, they just announced the other day that Zephron or Zach Efron, for any normal person who does not call him Zephron, um, he will be playing the lead in the remake of Three Men and a Little Baby. Or Three okay. Men and a Baby, yeah. Three Men and a Baby, yeah. I'm nervous. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. They haven't announced who will be in it with him. So, do you think as far as so is Zach gonna be like Ted Danson? Yeah, or I Tom think so. Salt? Okay. I think so. It'll be let's Ted let's let's fan cast this. <laughs> okay. So, which is a bummer because I feel like the car beating Zach Efron, which I'm so happy he's oh in a God, welcome back. in a happy place and doing so much better. Like Thank you. Welcome. Yay. Eat your carbs. Okay? Come on. But I was gonna say, like, his look now kinda gives me more Tom Selleck vibes, which I am saying very much as a good thing. But because Tom Selleck back in the day, yes. Right. First of all, but, side note. Side note. <laughs> Have you ever seen Meet the Robinsons? No, we established. Oh, God, I forgot. I blocked that out because I hate that you haven't seen it. So in it, um, it's a cartoon, obviously. And he is asking him because Wilbur Robinson is actually, like, he asks his friend. He's like, uh, hey, wh- well, what does your dad look like? And he can't tell him that it's actually him because he went back in time and got him because his dad... Yeah can't find out that he broke it so he needed to get his younger self to fit you know what it's fine time travel i hate it anyway so he tells him he's like what does your dad look like he's like tom Selleck, and then it's just a picture of tom Selleck. like there's no it's not an animation no it's like i I remember that gag and so that's great (laughs) oh it gets me every time oh sorry go on yeah i think i don't know i feel like he would be the ted dancing role yeah so we need we need two more. Okay. So like trying to think like we need charming basically. Like charismatic charming. Oh, so like okay. Okay, what is the so age range? So I'm we're throwing out here? there. What is the age range we're going for here? So like cuz I want to say James Marsden. Yeah. But is that too old? It kind of is. Unfortunately, he's like yeah. gotten yeah. like crinkled because we're well, keeping proportions. So Zach Efron's thirty-two. So like we're looking like early thirties here. My God, he's only a year older than me. It's <gasps> oh, so stressful. So when I will submit, because I know like he does like comedy stuff decently. Most people know him from a more like soap opera drama kind of shows but charles michaels davis from the originals but also younger like he has movie star potential and i think would do well i just want to see zach efron and adam pally together i support that i feel like adam pally needs something to get him 
where he should be. Because I feel like a lot of people know and love Adam Pally. It's the thing of, like, getting TV people to get recognized to, like, the level. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that would be a really fun combo. You know, because, like, think about it. When you, if you've seen Neighbors, did you really think Zac Efron and Seth Rogen were going to be a good pair? No, you didn't think that. But when you saw it together, you're like, this is genius. This works. This works. So it's kind of like... You may not think that Adam Pally would be with Zac Efron, but when it could yes. work. Okay, actually, here's an idea. Zac Efron, Adam Pally, and we're bringing black, back Corbin Blue because we can. I would because be into he, that. Because he's still super talented. He is, and I feel like he really got, you know. Or just because I'm just post-Hamilton, I'm like happy for him to be in all the things um and he's also short so that way it's in proportional height to zach efron <laughs> um anthony ramos can i just tell you that when i found out that he was the techno troll in trolls world tour i was like oh we're here we you already <laughs> you skyrocketed so quickly after hamilton and then star is born that you're in trolls like they added kelly clarkson there are so many people in in the <laughs> Trolls movies that you're just like, how? Just... You're just like, literally, how? But when I saw him, I was like, good for you. Good, good for, for you. you. Mm, I love it. Good for you. I loved it. So I could see that for sure. So, but I'm, uh, I'm just, mm, I'm just so slightly skeptical because, you know, obviously I feel like, you know, Ma- with modernizing the... it, it'll be a lot different. And also, do we need the weird heroin subplot? <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Maybe we can just leave that behind. Like there, See, could, like a, that's another there one could be things. a danger of some kind, but like it's so bizarre that like this charming little comedy has this like hard drugs upon that like makes no sense of like why is this here? Right. So I feel like that's gonna be like modernizing it. I think okay, as we're talking about it, with them modernizing it, I think it'll be a lot different and a lot and also on disney plus yeah right and that too but like i okay i guess i am a little less skeptical now because like i said you know you look at zach efron and you don't automatically think comedy um but he is funny it's it's in the like i said in neighbors he's so funny and like i feel like a lot of people just don't know how to label zach efron um but I think he's really funny. Well, it's one of the things, like, we are really rabbit trailing here. But that's what these, the kind of potpourri episodes are about. But I feel there's there's just a thing. It's like a tale as old as time situation that when something is popular among young women, specifically in, like, the teenage range, it's then like the cool thing and just the popular thing of like oh that's bad and then also anyone who is in that is bad and Mm -hmm. like not talented and like people only like him because he's good looking or something like that and it's like just eye rolling that 
HSM was just fun. That's why people liked it. Like, just get over yourself of just accept joy. And it's ridiculous. And that's why we enjoyed it. But exactly. And there were talented people involved. And like, sure, he was a heartthrob. But then he like, he stepped up his game and became like a good actor. He really did. Because like, I really was like, bro. Let's maybe think of it. It was career. a it was a rocky start, but like, <laughs> but he was su- also super young when the first one came out. Yeah, and, and like, like as he became a man, he, he also got better at things, which is what people do. The older and it's you not get, just you're that. better at it's your that, job. It's not just that; it's that he had so much money from High School Musical that he was like, "I'm gonna be picky. I'm gonna be picky, and I can be." It's the Robert Pattinson of, like, I got my money right off the bat, so now I can <laughs> yeah. do what I want. And it's that Although thing, maybe though, like, I will do a Batman just to make sure I keep getting... <laughs> well, like, that's the thing. Like, Every Zac now Efron, and then I'll do Zac a money project. Zac did huge projects. Like, he did those Two Neighbors movies. He did still do these big blockbusters. He's not stupid, you know, but... He still did so many like small movies and you know, now he just did that Netflix weird series. Stuff and yeah, he did some weird stuff like his his facial hair and hair and, and the beach bum is ooh, it's something, let me tell ya. Um I um, could see him going full McConaughey at one point. Like No, I think I see him honestly going more along the lines of Shia. Like I feel like his tra- career trajectory is more along the lines of Shia LaBeouf. Like where it's really underrated indies, but when you see it, you're like, oh my god, I forgot how incredible of an actor this person is. Because, like, like, if you want two recent Shia LaBeouf movies that just, like, blow your mind, it's Honey Boy and the Peanut Butter Falcon. Like, you watch those and you're like, how were you ever on Even Stevens? Yeah, like- but then, but Zach is the right amount where he's not all the way to, like, having the level of like weirdness is not so completely weird that he can still also get cast in like a greatest showman where he can he can be just the like the leading man but then he can also do the weird stuff oh which by the way in case you're wondering as of today the greatest showman is on disney it's on disney plus of like we're disney now deal with it it's literally like today yeah (laughs) it's available but um yeah. Actually, that's an interesting comparison. I just thought of Mark Ruffalo. Like, oh, yeah. Where has, like, stereotypical good looks and can do, a, like, a rom-com, like, Just Like Heaven, or 13 Going on 30. But then okay. can also do the weird indie thing and can go off the beaten path and, like, get weird, but can also do the traditional. I, I Right. I see that. Yeah, And exactly. can agent his roles well. But this isn't a Zach Efron episode, so we will move on to What I'm like, really other excited titles. about, I'm so excited about this one. Like, out of my mind excited. When you sent it to me, I, like, screamed and threw my phone because I was so excited. Because I feel like there is no better person than Josh Gad to do this. And it is a whole series just about Animal Kingdom. Which... I, I don't yeah. know if I 
I don't know if I've mentioned it on here. I think I might have just mentioned it to you just like in passing or like in like, you know, park conversation is that when I went in January of this year, <laughs> pre-COVID, um, I just, just, I just, I don't know. I walked into that park and I was like, I have such an, eff- like, and I walked out and I was like, I have such an affection for this park now. Like, Usually my main squeeze is Magic Kingdom because I just love it so much. It's got all my favorite foods. It's got all my favorite rides, you know, and I love it. But I don't know. I just have like such a strong affection for Animal Kingdom now. Well, it's like the park aged into itself well because like it's, you know, as the trees get bigger and let like there's pathways that you're just completely just enveloped by vegetation and stuff. It's so, and that's another thing that how they, um, well, in January, you don't realize you're in Florida, but like there's other times of the year that Florida will let you know. Yeah. Like this summer. So, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like in the Imagineering story, when they show you how they built Animal Kingdom and like what they did and you're just like, I think coupled with watching that, I just have such a strong affection for it now. Yeah. And, oh, it's just... I can't wait to watch this. Like, it's going to be so good. Except, I will say, my most hated attraction is at Animal Kingdom. And the other, so the other day my sister texted me and said, here's my ranking of all the Pixar movies. Tell me yours. And at the very bottom of both of ours is A Bug's Life. And she's like, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of that awful, awful show? At Animal Kingdom. And I was like, yes, that's exactly why. I hate that show. It was the worst experience of my life. Like, there's no escape. There's things coming down from the ceiling, coming at you from the sides, going across your back, under your feet. And you're like, I'm out. I'm done here. <laughs> I'm done. These are valid things. I can't. So. I can't. It was so, it's the most stressful attraction. And I thought Stitch was the most stressful attraction. No, it's that. If if you have a problem with Stitch, you you really would have hated its previous iteration back in the nineties of Alien Encounter. Oh, Alien? Yeah, no, I I think I did that once and I hated it and never did it again. Um, because I think I got so scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I only did that once. I like vividly yeah. remember only doing it once, and then I was yeah. like, oh, so we'll just Stitch. we'll. So basically, we're not going to get in too deep on this because A was literally announced yesterday and, and it premieres september 8th <laughs> um september 25th is oh, what we're sorry. looking at i'm sorry but, it's september though. Um, it's very close yeah and it's like B, we're, we're let's be real y'all we're, we're gonna talk about it like oh yeah we're gonna assured. do a whole episode about it but i'm just so excited that it was announced like I said, so I we're here for this. So Absolutely. there's another category in like the sub announcement. So I remember when Disney Plus was just coming out and people were talking about it and stuff. Um, there was another podcast I was listening to that they had like a guest on that is a working actor in like TV and movies and stuff. And so more more TV, but basically he was talking about like people he knows in the industry that were involved in these like small to mid budget movies that like little family films that Disney has done in like recent years that just 
never got released and just never got on the shelf. And so that's where we're getting these random announcements of like, oh, this movie is just randomly dropping in like just a couple weeks is because they've had movies that since like 2014, 2015, that they decided, you know, we have so many tentpoles right now between Marvel and Star Wars and Mm -hmm. Pixar and Frozen and whatnot, like we're dominating the box office. I mean, we don't really need this, but we are working for that, working on that streaming service that's coming out in a few years. So let's just like hold off, hold off. Yeah. And and decided, yeah, it's not worth it to do like a full rollout and, marketing campaign and all of that let's just put it on our stuff for family content so there's a bunch of random movies that because the one they reference they're like yeah so there's like one that my friend was in because he was like saying my friend was involved with this one that like had like decent names like adam divine and it's about like a magic camp and then all of a sudden i see on like this week of like so magic camp is dropping and it's like yeah. oh so that movie it actually is a thing and he's like yeah and it just never got released so maybe it'll be on <laughs> disney plus at some point and i was like yes it is so yeah there's different movies like magic camp that so adam divine and gillian jacobs and then a bunch of kids that which like blew my mind it was so deep in the like pages of news where they just randomly dropped it in a tweet and then like also this week um apparently they shot a basically another remake of black beauty which you know every generation needs a horse movie it's just it's a thing like it's for a specific type of girl that really (laughs) appreciates it and you got to represent for the horse girls and so um it's with Mackenzie Foy, I think is, you know, the girl that was originally yeah. Renesmee, and then uh-huh. she's now a actual... Choices, but yeah. Well, she was a child, like... <laughs> Still. You know. She was in... Oh, she was in something I just watched. And Nutcracker like, in the Four Realms. <laughs> that was a All flop. four realms. Flippity but flops. That was a huge a flop. Bump. That was meant... That was yeah. A pricey flop. Yeah. But, um... So, anywho, it's her, but, like, so apparently, like, the main adult in it, because that's who they said, like, starring was. So, it's starring Kate Winslet. So, like. What? I know. They, (laughs) I was like. What? And this just, like, randomly got dropped and started, because I didn't even see it on my timeline. I was just searching for this episode for, like, Disney Plus's Emmy tweets, and then I saw Black Beauty, okay, horse movie, and then I see Kate Winslet. Like, Kate, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm stressed. I'm so stressed about what you just said. Like, how? Kate. Kate, girl, come on. You won an Oscar. What are you doing? What are you did doing? Did you, like, make bad real estate choices or something? Did you go full cage and, like, buy a <laughs> castle in Ireland that, like, caused you to go bankrupt or something? Oh no, it's so stressful. I can't handle what you're telling me. What so, else did yeah. you see? <laughs> so I was saying like that and like the Kate Winslet thing and three men and a baby. And so just doing like just random like kind of mid-budgety family fair like that. that well, next week on my birthday. 
Oh, so and the one and only that. Ivan. Like, yes. yeah. I was, which that was supposed to be a theatrical release. And it just, it uh, that was not possible. It was supposed to come out, I believe, in September of this year. But they ended up just putting it on Disney Plus because it has so many big names. It has Brian Cranston. It has Sam Rockwell. It has Angelina Jolie. Like, enough right there. Like, Philippa Sue. Like, like, I don't even need to keep going with just that those people. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And it's and it's such a popular book, and it's such um, a great cast that I am sad it's going straight to streaming, um, because it should have had the theatrical release that it deserves. But you know, COVID. So, you know, current problems need modern solutions. So of course, what happens? You get there. But I think that'll be a really big hit for them because, like I said, it's a really really big popular book. It just had a sequel come out. Um, a lot of the kids that I work with, they all read it. They read it in classes together. I read it to the kids I take care of. Like, it's a very popular children's book. So I think it'll be a really big hit for them. I think that one will be yeah. a really big streaming hit. Um, but before we get to one, another thing that they just announced, it's a Disney announcement, um, is that they just uh, did a deal with Colin Kaepernick, who was the San Francisco 49ers quarterback, very um, huge activist, which is great. Um, and he will be doing potential projects um, that are shows with Hulu, movies with Pixar, and an ESPN docuseries about the active athletes' roller coaster recent years. So we are going to be seeing a lot of Colin Kaepernick. I know he is going to be doing something with Ava DuVernay, um, which is great. She did A Wrinkle in Time for, you know, more family-friendly fare. Um, obviously, she did, like, Selma and When They See Us and the 13th, and so she's done a lot of... So I think, like, that marriage between Ava DuVernay and Colin Kaepernick is good. And not just that, but I think it is a very important partnership that Disney can make right now because for a massive company like Disney to say, no... We are we support this and we're, yes. we're backing you up. Like, yeah, we are backing this act, not only this activism, but we are backing these movements. We are pro Black Lives Matter. You know, they're they're showing their true colors now. And that's important. Like if Disney hadn't stepped up and done something, um, I think it would have backfired. You know what I mean? Like if it's one thing to, you know have minority employees and have and I think that's something that they're showing in a lot of their um theatrical choices as well like again we just talked about that fully um Asian casted film fully if you had casted a white person in any of those roles backlash they're not stupid they understand that they are one of the biggest companies in the world and if they want to stay that way they have to go with the times they have to start making more content that is diverse. They have to start making more content that is relevant to today. And I think this yeah. the Kaepernick deal is a perfect stepping stone to prove that they're a company that values that diversity, that values mm -hmm. equality. You know, and I think like just like in yeah. the parks when they have the Pride Day, like I think And like I would oh, say that's super important. Kind of going hand in hand with that, that I feel we're not the ones to, like, really parse into the details of, like, with Beyonce's Black is King, but that was spectacular and oh, awesome God. for Disney backing that, and 
giving that a platform because just excellence. Right. Like they weren't stupid when they cast her in the Lion King. They're not dumb. No, they're not dumb. Like Disney's Disney, but Beyonce's a power unto herself. I mean, (laughs) they're like, but we can partner. Exactly. And just like when they had uh, Meghan Markle do the narration for elephant you're like see you are making you are taking the right steps to be on the right side of all of this because you don't want to if they're not on the right side of things it's detrimental to their business model yeah you know what i mean like if you are Mm -hmm. not supportive of important things and you are not moving forward with time you're Yes, you have all of these really great things and it's nostalgia ridden, but if you're not moving forward, people are going to drop off from like your theatrical releases, from your TV. You have to move forward. Oh, forgot in our announcements that so it is official that they're doing kind of a sequel series to The Proud Family. And yeah, I'm I just saw that for it. And, and Kiki Palmer's going to be on it. And Kiki Palmer's on it. And I'm I so am pumped. It's awesome. And so there is recently, a, you know, it's all over like Zoom calls right now, but like a mini reunion of the Proud Family cast. And it was so much fun of like hearing the voices and like when Cedric the Entertainer did, went full Uncle Bobby in terms of, like, his voice, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> uh, that hit me right in the nostalgia that just makes me happy. And, oh, I know. And I really, I really just am so Hearing Joy Marie Par- Parker do, like, Sugar Mama, and you're like, yes, I love it. I am, I'm like I said, I'm just so excited about Kiki Palmer because I want, in the second sing-along, her Zero to Hero was one of my favorite things. It was so great. And I just, I've loved Kiki for a really long time. And that, you know, when people bring up like early 2000s nostalgia and stuff, Proud Family often gets overlooked. But like that show was so good. I love that show. Partially because it's anime. Because, you know, when people talk about it, it's mainly like that's a Raven, Lizzie McGuire, even Stevens. But like Proud Family was like the business. And, you know, um Kyra Pratt was also involved in the Disney Channel Circle of Stars so like respect yeah yeah and so that show was great also I still laugh to this day of when I moved to Southern California and I realized like La Cienica Boulevardes is because like <laughs> the Burbank animated studios are on La Cienica Boulevard and you're just like oh yeah y'all like but it kind of works I but love it. Okay, and I'm sending you that, the Proud Family clip for future reference, because (laughs) just hearing those voices is, it's so happy. But before we get to the earnings and then the biggest announcement, I really briefly want to talk about the 20th Century Fox. Yeah, so... Disney has eliminated it. (laughs) There's no other way to say it. You can't sugarcoat it. Yeah. Disney has ended the 20th Century Fox It's just it's now 20th Century is how it will be referred to from now on. So it's like they're rebranding. And that, so, um, 
Dan Marl is a movie critic who also appears on a few different like internet shows. He now separated from Screen Junkie and has his own channel. But I remember when this kind of first went down of like the startings of this, he ha- kind of had an interesting like bit on it of talking about um, with kind of the full wealth of knowledge of like film history that I wasn't as familiar with that you know 20th century fox like the fox in that name um i believe it's william fox was the name of like the figurehead of it's basically one of the like main like people in hollywood who kind of created movies to be what they are yeah so, it started it was created in 1935 the company yeah and so and it was like his literal life's work was that movie studio in like innovating and creating like pushing movies to just get better and more like creating technologies and different stuff right and so like that's a huge part of film history but so it is kind of a bummer in that aspect and it's just once again you know we talk about disney being a powerhouse and like because we love its product and stuff sometimes we kind of gloss over things but this sometimes just kind of highlight the thing of like oh yeah this is such a like huge company that they just have the power to be like we decided this thing (laughs) that's been around forever we're just gonna we're just gonna mess with it now it's gone like yeah it'll be 20th television now there's no century there's no fox it's just 20th television yeah and like i kind like i get why they're doing it yeah but it's still not great like there's there's still negative aspects of it too oh because you know the whole situation when the disney fox merger happened so the things that aren't a part of that merger that still are like fully in the root um like rupert murdoch's companies like yeah holdings. fox entertainment fox sports so, and fox news so Fox Sports, and then, like, Fox the TV Network. Yeah. And then Fox News. Yes. And it branches off. And so I understand wanting to separate your, like, your acquisitions from that. So you're not associated with, because Rupert Murdoch's kind of shady, and also just we're not getting into fox news no we are not nope so sorry y'all know why y'all know why (laughs) disney doesn't want to associate themselves with that and we'll just leave it there and so that yeah so they were wanting to kind of distance things but it's also just crazy how when a company's that big they can just kind of make those decisions and there you go exactly it's I mean, it's because mm, you. It's exciting because it's all, all all that stuff is now on Disney Plus. You know, like the Sound of Music, Greatest Simpsons, Showman, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you're kind of like you're kind of messing with like film history, and it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. So there's you that. know what I mean? <laughs> like you're just kind of like uh, I don't. Mm. Sometimes we don't agree with all the choices, okay? We don't agree no. with them all. And we sure don't. So speaking of, like, just thinking about cinema and its broad terms, you, 
what's crazy is just in terms of like COVID and everything is impacting, well, let's, let's just talk real here. It's impacting every single aspect of society. But if you just want to get a little superficial about it for a second, things that are a little lower stakes than like our government or the economy, but like just in terms of the entertainment industry and the cinematic experience, right? It's never going to be the same. No, absolutely not. It's just not. Yeah, no. Because let's be real, the like movie theaters and seeing stuff in theaters was already kind of on the ropes a little bit. Right. The ice was thinning. Yeah. And that's, you know. And then that was before like the shutdown. And so part of it, like even though some movie theaters are opening back up, but also it's like with what movies, because let's be real. Right. There's not, it's, I'd say the holidays is probably, that's what I'm thinking is going to be when our tent poles are coming back. Yeah, like I, um. I'm thinking November. Yeah, there is, um, a drive-in not far from me, and that first weekend it was open, it did have, it had two new movies that had, oh god, it had something else with the Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss, and those were like, you know, fairly recent films. Everything since, though, has been old films. Like, one one night there was... Or one weekend there was The Goonies. One night there was Shrek. Like, it's... So it's... They're, you know, using that for um, nostalgia purposes and, like, giving people somewhere to go and, you know, whatever. But um, it was only one weekend that had new films. So you're like, you know... When do we get those? Because <laughs> everything so, that's supposed to be coming out is going out to streaming services. Because that's essentially that's the main story of kind of what we're bringing to is so finally the trigger got pulled because a lot of stuff has been switched off from theatrical releases to streaming, like streaming or premium VOD, that kind of deal. And that's been a lot from the other studios of either doing that or pushing stuff out. But Disney oh, has yeah, like kind Universal. of been holding. Mainly Universal's been the big story on that of how, like, you know, Trolls World World Tour went straight to streaming and Birds of Prey, stuff like that. Yeah. And so, but Disney has kind of been tight fisted in terms of its big tent poles because let's be real, you know, as far as like Mulan, Black Widow, that kind of stuff, those are huge movies that would make a like out hundreds of millions of dollars in so much money. the so box office much money. crazy money of like entire nation's gdp level of money in like a weekend well i like, mean like you think about it look how much money they were anticipating overseas from mulan yeah and this was supposed to be march like mid, march mid it was like originally march 27th, i still I laugh think. that like the ColourPop Mulan collection still came out in March, even though the movie didn't. Well, because like, they thought the they products didn't know are that sold it was gonna... out already. Yeah, and they didn't realize they launched it 
a couple weeks before thinking it was still going to come out. So, yeah. and because they had already had all the influencers on Instagram and YouTube already using the products. So, of course, you can't not launch it because you're already, you've already said every, you've already had every If you bought a Mulan eyeshadow palette in March, it's probably already like half gone. <laughs> right. And like, that's the thing. Like, you know, you had all these influencers and everything telling them when the products were dropping so you can't just say go back on the like 100 people you have across the internet in america alone using your products like you can't go back on that so they're like well i guess we'll just wait because again at the time it was we thought it was only just three weeks we didn't think months later we'd still be here yeah so So they had removed it with what was it did they move it to june or july so it was July 24th. Right. And then they moved it to like, what, October or something? Or November. Because then they changed the release dates again to make it and more towards the holidays because they did the same thing Well, with then Soul. they said Mulan further notice, but Black Widow's November. See, I don't... I'm going to be very... Int- I'm amazed that they're not just... And Soul got pushed in November as well. I'm just very perplexed in terms of Black Widow and why that's not being just released. Because it's a Marvel movie. Because Marvel movies make bank. I don't care. Then do it video on demand. Do it video on demand. Because you're going to have people watching it. You're going to have people renting it. So that's what this brings this to. So essentially Mulan is going to be on Disney Plus starting September four not four hold on it should be right at the top of mm, disney's Mulan. there we go yes exclusively available september 4th with premium premiere access so essentially what that means is you'll be renting it if you will with your disney plus subscription so you have to be a disney plus subscriber and then with that to access this movie you're going to pay 29.99 but as long as you're a disney plus subscriber you'll have this movie on there so it's interesting in people's responses to it because also depending on like where you live of how much like a normal movie ticket is seeing whether that's considered like a lot of money or still a good value because for example when i was in socal a movie ticket was 15 bucks. So yeah. if you're like a family of four. You're really throwing down. You're throwing down. And that's before you even get to concessions and stuff like that. So you're usually spending at least like. Yeah, you're, you're spending a lot of money to do a big family outing to the movies. So in this case, like, sure, for the single peeps. Yeah, 30 bucks is kind of a lot. But, like, let's just, on average, say a movie ticket's, like, $10. If you kind of, so it's, like, $8 where I live, $15 on the coast, possibly more if it's IMAX or that kind of situation. But you'd say $10 is kind of a mean price, like, average, if you kind of think across the country. Megan, would you say that's kind of fair? But essentially yeah sorry um when it's um when it's yeah like ten dollars on average yeah if i'm not going on the very specific days when i know it's cheap (laughs) 
then yeah, it's like ten to twelve dollars. Yeah. Unless I'm going on the days where they're very specifically cheap. Okay. So in 2019, the average movie ticket price in the country was $9.26, if you average it all out, according to the National Association of Theater Owners. Different NATO. <laughs> but uh, basically, yeah, if you're so since you have it on your account, as long as you're a Disney Plus subscriber. Mm-hmm. If you see the movie at least three times in the length that you're with Disney Plus, it's more than like paid for. Which, let's be real, if you're a family, like yeah, you're gonna be watching this at least like five times. Let's be real. And mm-hmm. then if you're like a big Disney person, samezies. Right. And so like, it's not that big of like, I I see it as a smart move. As far as you're still getting, like, a revenue stream from it. Right. So it'll raise plus subscribers. Because Disney Plus changed it right before Hamilton that there's no free trials anymore. So that's something, too, of basically when they get new people to sign up, they're, like, in for good. Yeah. And they, like we said, they just hit almost 61 million subscribers in the first year. Yeah. So we're less than a year in and it's 61 subscribers and so they just launched 61 just recently and she said 61 there are not 61 of us that have disney plus yes 61 mil so they just launched this month in indonesia which means of like the top 10 like markets in the world they have they're now in nine of them so They just launched in Scandinavia and Portugal as well. So once they add more countries, you'll get more business too. But oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I see this as far as they're saying, they're thinking Mulan's going to be a one-off, that they don't want this to be a regular thing. Because mm-hmm. it definitely is very much in Disney's best interest to protect the like tentpole blockbuster right. theatrical experience. Because... Right. If you think about like the big money makers of the past couple of years, they're all Disney properties. Absolutely. As far as your Avengers movies, your big Star Wars releases, the remakes, like regardless of quality, Lion King made a billion dollars. Right. Like, Pixar. Pixar, Frozen, that kind of stuff. Like their their big movies make a ton of bank. Absolutely. It's, so they need that to still work. So it's in their best interest for it to be a one-off, but we will see as things with COVID develop and <laughs> how long we're in the trenches on this and when things are just going to start reopening of trying to find like a new normal here of just like keeping entire industries afloat and like still working and finding poss- hopefully like a safe way to do that. Mm-hmm. But We'll see how it goes. Right now, they're thinking it's a one-off. And I think it'll still be moderately successful. And it's still going to go in theaters internationally. And, mm-hmm. like, markets where it can still do that. So the big thing that's going to basically save their rear ends if, like, of whether this is still a sound investment of just, because they put a lot of money in Mulan, is if it does well in China. Mm-hmm. So if it does well in China, they'll be okay. 
and this isn't going to be a huge loss. And I'm just worried. Sometimes Hollywood takes the wrong lessons from things as far as like, oh, this movie didn't make as much as we thought it would, so we're not going to do this thing anymore, when that's not the problem. In in this case, having like a female-centric story and pretty much all Asian cast that and centering it in a right way to like respectfully tell a narrative those are all very important things that I don't want Hollywood to take by the wayside just because it didn't make a billion dollars because the reason why is not because of any of those reasons it's It's because because there is a global pandemic that was unforeseen and to the scale as we haven't seen in decades. Exactly. In nearly a century. 100%. So hopefully the right lessons are taken and not the wrong ones. But it'll be interesting to see how this impacts the theatrical experience as a whole. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Disney lost a lot of money this year. A lot. So when you think about the park shutting down, they lost a lot of money that they didn't get box office from Mulan or from Black Widow or from Onward or Soul would have already been out by this point. So those four movies would have been a huge amount of money. Hamilton didn't get box, didn't get released in theaters. It was still a big hit for Disney Plus, though. It was a big hit. A lot of people subscribe. But they still spent $75 million to get this film. Right. But they also got a lot of people to buy the service for Hamilton. But we will see as far as... It it sounds stupid saying Disney needs a win because, like, it's Disney. They're huge. Right. But, like... They kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. Interesting to see how things unfold and how things affect the overall theatrical experience because Disney's still trying to hold off that this is one-off. Whereas Universal's totally like, we're oh. getting all in on this and they well, made Well, Universal the deal. has already announced their new plan, which their new plan is to simultaneously release. They will be releasing every single film from now on Video on demand or in theaters. It is not. They have already So the deal they made with AMC is they will only hold off for 17 days. That's the theatrical window now. Yes, which is ridiculous. But Ridiculous. Smart on Universal's part because they did still make so much money off of The Invisible Man, Trolls World Tour. Like they made a lot of money from doing it the way that they did it. And, you know, it's so it's for Universal to say, okay, this and you know, like, because there are so many people that don't want to go to the theater, but they want to see the new films. And so they're willing like, to pay that money. For example, a big Universal franchise like Fast and Furious, that's a perfect one of like, let's just run it and watch it at home and right. just enjoy the ridiculousness. Exactly. So it's, so they're, they're, it's working, it's going to work for them and that's what they're choosing to do. And if Disney doesn't want to follow that plan, then that's their choice. But you know, you got to see how it's one of those things where you can't make that call. If they can't, they don't want to make that call right now. They don't have to. But if down the line they see, hey, this is working out much better, 
then they're, you know, they, they're not going to have a choice. You know what I mean? But when they released Frozen 2 early, they made a bunch of money off of it. When they released Onward early, they made a bunch of money off of it before they put it to the streaming services. So, or to the streaming service, I apologize. It's just specifically on Disney+. Plus. But they made a lot of money because, you know, and if I understand we're in a pandemic and everything is going to go back to normal eventually and you want to go back to it being normal, but there are some things that are going to have to change and maybe theatrical releases are one of those things. So we'll see how things go. So that's kind exactly. of, that's our, that's our summer news roundup. And so thank you so much for listening that check us out on Twitter and Instagram at once upon a stream. And that if you're a new listener, we have a big old backlog of episodes that I love for you to check out. There's some fun ones deep in there. And so, cause as of right now, new content is a hard thing to come by these days so (laughs) that happy to help during these crazy times and we'll talk to you soon bye bye